Jeremiah chapter 5 tonight, uh, verse number 1, said, Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if you can find a man, if there be any that execute judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. Uh, it's almost like the days of Lot, when the Lord was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham said, Lord, would you destroy it if I found 50 folks that are serving you? God said, no. Abraham said, would you do it if I find 40? God said, no. Well, would you do it if I find 30? No. And he got him down to 10. And Abraham was thinking, now you got to think like Abraham was thinking. Abraham was thinking, now I've got it. I got Lot and his wife, his four children, and, his, and if the children are old enough, they're, they're married to four husbands. That's ten right there. But Lot was sure, Abraham was sure mistaken because of that. And though they said, the Lord liveth surely, they swear falsely. With their mouths they were believers, but with their lives they were unbelievers. They would tell you that the Lord liveth Jeremiah, and then when they go and live like he was indeed dead. I think that is the mentality of the day that we're living in today. People will say with their mouth, we believe in Jesus, we believe in God, but their life shows uh, something totally different. The Bible says they draw nigh unto me with their mouths and, and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's interesting here. It, it said, O Lord, thou are not thy eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them. Underline this phrase here. But they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces hard than a rock, and they refuse to return. Therefore I say, surely these are poor. They are foolish, for they know not the way of the Lord nor the judgment of their God. It's interesting to me when he said these people in verse 4 are poor and foolish, but if you look at them purely, strictly from a, a, a carnal perspective, uh, these people had stuff. They had some stuff. They, they weren't foolish. They were educated. But a man that will not receive correction from the Lord in God's eyes, no matter how much money he's got, how big of a house he's got, no matter what kind of car he drives, and it doesn't matter to the Lord how much education a man's got. He said if he refuses instruction and correction of God, he is a fool and he is poor. Is that not what God told the Laodicean church? They said, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. But the Lord said, Thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So tonight I want to look at that phrase that we find here in, in any, many other places throughout Jeremiah. This was a crowd of people that refused 
correction, preaching, and refusing to receive correction. Jeremiah 2 and 29 said, uh, Therefore you will plead with me. All you have transgressed against me, saith the Lord. In vain have I smitten your children. They receive no correction. In verse 30, he said, uh, Hey, they received it not. Jeremiah 7, 27, Therefore thou shalt speak all these words unto them, that they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call on them, but they not answer thee. In verse 28, but they shall say unto them, This is the nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord and their God, nor receiveth, receiveth correction. Truth is perished. It's cut off from their mouths. Can I say tonight, a person, man, woman, young, old, who gets to the place where they refuse to receive correction from God is an individual who despises wisdom, understanding in their life. You say, how do you figure that? Because Solomon said in Proverbs 15 and 10, correction is the grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and that he that hateth reproof shall die. In other words, a person who departs from the ways of God. They don't want to be corrected. A person that's going after their own devices, they don't want to receive repute, repute for it. You realize all of us, from here to the pews, all of us from an early age, we don't like to be corrected. We don't like it. We are born with that nature that was given from our ancestors, Adam and Eve, and when God said, don't eat of that tree. But something in our nature passed down from them to us. I know you said don't do it. I know you said I, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't go there. There's something about a stiff-necked, hard-hearted in the nature of man, mind that he does not like to be corrected. I, 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 don't, I don't believe statements like this. There's good in everyone. The Bible says none good, no, not one. We're not good. The only good one is Jesus Christ. The Bible says there's none that doeth good. Mankind is a hard-hearted, stiff neck, and they don't want correction in their life. A fallen uh, uh, nature hates to be corrected. You say, prove me. Prove it to me. Has anyone ever heard of raising children? Have you ever raised a child today? You know the first words that a child learns is not mama, it's not daddy, it's not papa, it's not na-na. It is no! They learn that word correct and quickly and loudly. Don't touch that, no. Give me that, no. Don't go over there, no. They got that down pat. There's something uh, in the little ones that when they try to be instructed, when you try to give them instructions and you say, don't do that or do it this way. They said, well, I don't want to do it that way. 
I'm going to do it my way. And I, I believe there's some adults today that are still living in their childhood. So don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Don't go there. I'm going to go there anyway. Don't do it that way. <laughs> I'm going to do it my way whether you like it or not. There's adults that way today. But I want everybody to understand something in here. One of the marks of a child of God is one of the marks of a spiritual-led individual that will receive correction. And one of the marks of a spirit-filled individual is in their attitude when they are corrected by God. Not hard-hearted, not stiff neck. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to do my own thing. The attitude of a spirit-filled believer, for as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, the Bible tells us. And the Spirit of God does correct us if you are His child tonight. I truly believe this, that our church will continue to grow spiritually, and I want it to grow spiritually. We're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. You say, preacher, how are we to grow spiritually not just numerically, I, I want people to come, but it's not about getting the church full. It's about getting people spiritually committed unto God. Don't get me wrong. I want to see growth spiritually in our church. So how do, how do you grow spiritually in the Lord? He receives instructions and corrections from God. He says, I, I didn't necessarily like what I read. I didn't necessarily like what I've heard. But you're right. That's right. And, and I need to correct that. The Lord speaks to our hearts through the Holy Ghost and says, you know, that ain't right. You know, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, you ought to be correcting that. So I want to show you some of the corrections that God has ordained. God has ordained means of correcting us in our life and all of us. From the very youngest child in here to the very oldest one in here, God has ordained some certain things on how we are to be corrected. Ecclesiastes 4.13 says, Better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. So the night from the youngest to the oldest sitting here that God has ordained to correct us in our life, the measures what God has ordained to use to correct you and I in our life. And I, I'm just saying this, some of us might not like it, but God has ordained it in His life for us to be corrected. Amen. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 29. This is probably the, the earliest form of correction that any one of us in here 
has received, and we all have received this correction. The first form God has ordained to correct us, God uses parents. Proverbs 22 and 15 says, Foolish is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Proverbs 23, 13 says, Withhold not the correction of the child, for if they, thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. <laughs> Some of y'all need to get old that. He shall not die. But Proverbs 29 and 17, Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest, yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. We have read the earliest form of correction that God has ordained in everybody's life. The earliest form of correction that God has put into everybody's life, it is parents correcting their children. Now, I realize there's come a times when you grow up, when you get older, and, and it no longer becomes correction, but it comes uh, 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 helping to encourage, to lift up. But then it changes from correction to honor thy mother, honor thy father. But there's a time in a child's life there must be a diligently correction from the parents in that child's life. I'm amazed at some of these parents today that allow their children from the age of uh, uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old and say, well, I'm just going to let them make their own decisions and go their own way. Are you out of your blooming mind? A child at 8, 9, 10 years old is not developed in their mind. They have not the maturity in their mind. They have not the wisdom in their mind to choose to do anything. Correctively, But I'm amazed about parents will just let their kids do what they want to do. They make their own decisions. God put them, you in their life to correct them. To say this is the way to walk. We're not going to do that. We're not going there. We're not going to say that. We're not going to hang out with them. We're not going to wear that. We're not going to watch that. We're not going to listen to that. That's what God has put a parent in a child's life for. It's a parent's job to provide correction in a child's life. Child, it is your job, listen to me, it is your job to receive that correction. It's, your, it's a child's job to receive the correction. The Bible said in Hebrews, we have a father of the flesh which corrected us. You need to thank God. <laughs> Listen, child, you need to thank God that you've got a daddy in your life that will correct you, that will keep you on the right path, that will show you the right way to go. You need to thank God that there's somebody in your life that God has ordained over you to teach you, to help you, to give you the things that you need. But I, I want to say this before you get too off bent. Don't get out of balance with that correction. There are many parents that get out of balance with the correction. It's... it's this way or that way. 
Some parents have gotten to where they are trying to minister correction unto the children. And they don't even know how to minister correction unto the children because they let them go for so long. And when they do try to minister correction unto them, they don't know how or what to say unto them. Ephesians says, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. You can get to a place where there's never exhortation in your correction. There's never any encouragement in your correction. You can get to the place as a parent, and I know this. You can get to the place in a parent's life that you always say, you've done that wrong, you've done that wrong, you've done that wrong, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you should that. And all you do is browbeat your child to the point they are just browbeaten down. There ought to be some encouragement along with some correction in their life. Amen. And some of the kids going, Yes. But let me just say this, kids. How many of you all actually received the correction that God has put in your life? Your parent. When your parent tells you, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be going there. There, there ought to be that balance. There needs to be some correction in a child's life. And, and can I say this? When you start correcting that child at an age, they understand and receive that correction you're raising up somebody that's going to be a help to God and be a blessing unto you as a parent. Amen. I, I think our children have pretty well got that down pat. They understand that they are going, they're going to be corrected. Amen. You understand, child, you're going to get corrected. If not by mom and daddy, there's enough people around here that say, hey, 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 don't do that. I've done that to a lot of kids. and hey, ooh, ooh, Don't do that. Don't do that. There's enough around here that's going to let you know this is the way you walk in. God has ordained the earliest point of correcting people in our lives is the parents. Is the parents. God has ordained precepts of God for correction. In other words, the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures given by inspiration. Why did God go through all the trouble breathing on men, write down the words, and then preserve them, and give it to us, and tell us it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction. For instruction in righteousness. One of the main jobs of the scripture is to correct us. Y'all, you cannot be corrected if you're not reading the word of God. How can you be corrected by the word of God if you never opened it up and got into the word of God? The, the word of God cannot correct you. One of the greatest correction measures in all of our lives is to have a relationship with the Word of God. Have a relationship with your Bible. There's been some times I've opened up this Word of God and I didn't know anything and I needed to be corrected in. 
and, and something just read, I read and jumped out at me and grabbed me and said, do you see this? Do you see this? I see it. Do you realize that you need correction in that area of your life? Yes, Lord, I see. Okay, get it straight. Nobody knew. Nobody told me. Just me, God, and the Holy Spirit and reading His Word will correct your steps. If you have a relationship with your Bible, that is why James calls this Bible the perfect law of liberty. And we are to look into it like a mirror. That When you look into a mirror, that's what he calls the word, a mirror. You have them in your houses all over the place. You take the time to look at them. And what does a mirror does? A mirror shows the imperfection of you when you stand in front of you, when your hair's out of mess and you gotta get it correct and straightened out, when your collar's out of mess. It, the mirror shows you what you've got going on wrong in your life and it gives you the opportunity to correct it before you get outside. Amen. You need to look into the Word of God. It calls it a mirror, it reflects what it sees. And I'm amazed that a lot of people, when they look into the mirror, they refuse to correct what the mirror is showing you what's wrong. They refuse. They get into the Word of God, and God shows them what's wrong, and they refuse to correct that. You say, what is all this a picture of? God is a lamp. God is a light. It's a mirror. And should I start my day off? How should I start it off? Every day I should turn on the light. I should turn on the light. <laughs> and I get to looking in the mirror and say, God, I, I need correction in my life. The Bible is water. The Bible said the word of God is water. And you know what water does? It, it washes you. If you ever been around an automotive shop, I know they have it in the military, and they kind of place what they call as a wash station. If something gets in your eyes or something pops in your eyes, you go to that wash station and it washes your eyes out to get them clean. That's what the Word of God does. You let God, words God comes on and it washes all the filth off of you and gets you corrected in life again. Anybody ever heard of a man named Desmond Doss? I didn't think he did. World War II. He was a medic. They're, they were fighting the battle. The battle was raging, gunshots running all around, and, and soldiers were out on the field, and some dead, some hurt and injured. And Desmond Doss, he thought it was his duty to go out and help whoever he could. He came across this one soldier crying and yelling, I'm blind, I'm blind, I'm blind, I can't see. Desmond Dolph took his canteen of water and washed it and rubbed his face, washed it and rubbed his face, and all it was was dried blood and mud in his face. And when he washed it off, the guy opened his eyes and saw Desmond Dolph standing there, and he said, what a smile came on that man's face. He says, I can see. So that's what the Word of God does to you. It washes us. 
It washes us to the place that we can see clearly. It washes the place that we can see correctly. It gets our life corrected because it's the Word of God. Amen. Look at 2 Timothy. God has ordained at the earliest age parents for correction. God has ordained for His Word to be the way the precepts of God to correct you, to get your life where it needs to be. God has ordained preaching to correct you. What I've been doing, God uses preaching for correction. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given unto God proper for doctrine, reproof, and correction, and instruction in righteousness. But verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. Not that he doesn't have sin, but he's whole. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Look what he said in the very next chapter, chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Why? Because the word of God gives correction. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I'm sorry to tell you, my job up here is not to make you feel real good about yourself. When I get up here, sometimes my job when I get up here is to make people feel like they're unworthy. They are no good. They are nothing but sinners. And realize that they need God's help. Lord, get my heart right. Get my attitude right. Get my life right. I need some correction in my life. This is, my job is to preach to the needs of the congregation. And at times, correct things. Charles Spurgeon said this. And I love Charles. I got a book of his, I don't know who gave it to me. I got I'm as one of the best gift I ever received. It's a collection of all his quotes, and I love that book. Charles Spurgeon said, if, always in, if you always enjoy the sermons, the minister is not a good steward. He's not a, acting wisely who deals out nothing but sweets. Listen to me. I, I want you to get this. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to harm you. I'm not here to run you out of the church. But I'm telling you, if all I do when I come to church is preach messages that throws out lollipops every time you turn around, you want a lollipop to make you feel good? You want a lollipop to make you feel happy about who you are? You want a lollipop to make you feel good about yourself? You want a lollipop and say, hey, praise God, I've got a lollipop. I'm going to feel good about myself. I'm telling you, if that's all it is, I'm doing you no good. You walk out of here. Now, how says, <laughs> we walk out of here like this. Well, I'm so glad I went to church today. It was so sweet. I'm telling you, I, 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 I want to preach to your heart, but I'm telling you, there must be some preaching that will hurt you. 
Get you right with God to understand, hey, there's some correction in my life. I'm on the wrong path here. I'm looking at things the wrong way. I'm receiving incorrect stuff. I need to get my life right with God. And God says, I will use preaching the word of God to get you right and get you corrected in your life. Amen. God said he used his parents to correct you. God says he uses the word of God, the precepts of God to correct you. God said he uses preaching to correct you. And can I say this? We're back in Jeremiah 5. Can I say this? If God don't get your attention in one of those three areas to get your life right, to get you where you need to be, I'm begging you and I'm pleading with you. Let one of those threes get your one of those three get your life where you need to be at. Because the last thing God's got for you is punishment. It's punishment. Jeremiah chapter five. God corrects through punishment. If you will not receive ordained correction of God through parents, through precepts, through the preaching, then God has one final course of action, and that is punishment in your life. They that did not receive correction in Jeremiah 5, the Lord said they were poor, they were foolish. They didn't know the judgment of God. Wherefore, a lion... Out of the four shall slay them. Now in the Bible there's two lions. We know Jesus Christ is the lion of David, but also the devil is a lion. Did y'all get that? Jesus Christ is the lion, but the devil is a lion. And he said, hey, there, there's a lion, the devil, that's going to come out and devour you. A wolf. Of the evening shall spoil them. We've heard wolves in sheep clothing, and sheep clothing, you know. We've heard that wolves come into the church in sheep's disguises, and all they do is come in and want to devour you, to want to mislead you, to draw you away. He says, The wolves will come in and pull you away. A leopard. If you go over Revelations, this leopard is a representation of Satan and the Antichrist. A leopard shall watch over their cities, and everyone that goes out then shall be torn in pieces because of their transgressions are many, and their backsliding are increased. A person that will not receive correction, they're liable to be eaten by the devil, deceived by false teachers. And in Revelations, a leopard is a picture of Satan and the Antichrist shall destroy you. You say, well, I'm saved. I'm a child of God. He would not hurt me. Hebrews says, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. But if he be without chastisement, where of all partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. And that's not my words, that's the Bible's words. The Bible says you're, you live by the flesh, you'll die by the flesh. And I'm saying there is such a thing of punishment by God. 
God will punish. I love Jeremiah 10, verse 23. We all ought to cry this. We all ought to get this. Maybe you ought to underline it and make your life verse. Oh, Lord, I know thy ways. A man is not in himself. It is not man that walketh to direct his steps. I cannot direct myself. I cannot lead myself. I'm not able to move on my own. But we can pray like verse 24. Oh, Lord, correct me. But with judgment, not in their anger, lest thou bring me to nothing. We should want the Lord to correct our lives. We should want the Lord to look into our lives and see something that should not be there and say, God, whatever there may be in my life, I need you to correct it and show me that I can work on it and get it out of my life. Correct me, O Lord. I'll take the Word of God. I'll get into it. I'll study it and I'll show myself approved. I'll go to the preaching every time the doors open. I'll get under the sound of God preaching preaching it and I want somebody to tell me. God, please don't use punishment. I don't want the punishment. So Lord, correct me with your precepts and your preaching. A man that refuses correction of the Lord is not a child of God. I want you to know that. We need to be a church that is spiritually sound. And can I say this? We look for people to come to church, and I beg the church, people, God sent us people, but sent us people that want to be with you and serve you and walk with you. But if God sends someone that is looking for something and God says, hey, I'll send you to this little old place down on the road down there. They got people down there to love the Lord. They got people down there worshiping God. They got people down there praising God. I'm going to send you there. If we're not spiritually where we need to be, we cannot help anybody. Because we're not where we need to be. And what I want to do is make sure that every one of us is spiritually as we can be. Now, are we going to be perfect? By all means, no. You're not going to be perfect. But we're striving to be that way. We're going to strive. And we're going to ask the guys, Lord, correct me. Parents, correct your children. Don't let them do what they want to do. They don't have the mentality to do. They don't have the mentality to check the right things. They will at an age coming, and then you should help them out, encourage them, and give them autom- uh, 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 encouragement, and, and tell them, hey, you're right. But kids, when you get to that age, you ought to start honoring mother and father. And then when you get old enough, you ought to get into the Word of God and start reading the Word of God. And that guy said, hey, this is your life, this is right. I'm going to tell you, how many times have you ever opened the Word of God? And you just all of a sudden just something hits you right out of nowhere. You say, oh man, I understand that. I've been doing that wrong. Thank you, Lord, for showing me. Have you ever been in a preaching service? Preacher said something, all of a sudden he just slapped you up the side of the head and go, oh, oh, okay. 
Maybe I need to get something right in life. That's what God is trying to do. Get us spiritually corrected that we can move forward. And then God will send people if we can help. Then God will send people. But you've got to be spiritually where you need to be at for God to send somebody to help us. Amen.